All right, good morning. Uh, my name is Dwayne. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called to rightly divide the Word of God for the people of God. And uh, we are going through a series uh, entitled, Is the Church Israel? That's what we've been talking about the past two studies. And we will look at point number two uh, today once we get started. Uh, just want to remind you that um, all of these, all of my notes, my Bible studies are are on the website. You can get there, DwayneSpearman.org. It's on uh, Blogger, so um, you can see my previous studies there. Um, today will be session three, is the Church Israel. Uh, I've also went in and separated out uh, the Acts studies. Uh, they are on um, SoundCloud. Uh, of course, they're also on YouTube. But you can actually go in and, and see the notes along with the studies for Acts. I also set up Galatians as well. All that's there, and then I'm currently going through my topical studies and doing the same thing. So, uh, water baptism, you know, I'm trying to, you know, the audio version on SoundCloud, and then of course the notes here, and of course all these studies you can find on YouTube as well. So, um, anyway, just uh, starting to go through and do all that, and then also remember that. I put the Acts study, uh, it is now on Kindle. Um, you can either get it in paperback or Kindle. If you're under the, in Kindle Unlimited, you can read that for free. And then also I just put up the book of Galatians as well. So all of those things are available to you uh, on those platforms. So today, uh, like I said, we're going to continue our study um, on the question, is the church Israel? So um, um, as I stated earlier, many today teach that salvation, that upon salvation, we, uh, the church, the body of Christ, become part of spiritual Israel, um, not physical Israel, but a spiritual Israel. And my question that I pose is, does the Bible really teach that? Is God really through with physical Israel? Uh, has he really given all of the promises that he gave to them to us today? Now, that is what many teach today in the church. Um, some will go on to say that Israel in the Old Testament is merely an allegory for the church, uh, that the church that we are members of began in the Old Testament, and we are just a continuation of that. The church, they will say, is the true Israel. Well, as you can imagine, I, I disagree with that. Um, and I stated that for anyone to arrive at the conclusion that the church is Israel in any way, shape, or form requires them um, to not interpret the scriptures literally. They're going to have to spiritualize the scriptures to arrive 
at that conclusion. And therein lies the problem. Um, if you spiritualize the scriptures, you can basically make them say anything. And, and I, I propose to you that that's probably the vast majority of, of teaching today. It's um, taking scriptures out of context, uh, out of context, not looking at what they literally say, but spiritualizing them. And of course, we we end up with all kinds of erroneous doctrines and teachings uh, because of that. Um, again, the only way you can arrive that the body of Christ is Israel uh, is to allegorize the text. Um, so I I made three um, three statements uh, our first study to make. The scriptures say that the church is spiritual or true Israel requires three things from those who are doing it. Number one, they must deny the precise fulfillment of prophecy given specifically to Israel. Number two, and what we're going to deal with today, is they must reject the significance of God's separation of Israel from the Gentiles. And then next time we get together, they must ignore the clear teachings of Jesus Christ according to the mystery that was revealed to the Apostle Paul. So first time we were together, second time we were together in session two, uh, they must deny the precise fulfillment of prophecy given specifically to Israel. And remember, over 90% of the Bible was given to and about the physical nation of Israel. So to teach that we are the allegorical fulfillment of all of that prophecy that was given to the nation, in my opinion, is a gross distortion of the clear, natural reading of the scriptures. And I reminded you that there's three principles of Bible study that we, we need to always keep in mind. It must be interpreted literally unless the text dictates Otherwise, we should allow the Bible to interpret itself by comparing Scripture with Scripture. If there is a contradiction, then it is not the right interpretation. Number three, the dispensational method must be used. Uh, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The very fact that Paul says, or encourages Timothy to rightly divide the word of truth, means that it can be wrongly divided. And again, we're not dividing truth from error. We're dividing truth from truth. Um, there is a truth for Israel that does not apply to the church, and there's a truth for the church that does not apply to Israel. And we always have to ask ourselves, who wrote it? When did they write it? To whom were they writing? And what did those who were reading it understand it to say? Period. I mean, that's the way to literally interpret the Bible. For example, when you open your Bible to James chapter 1 and verse number 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Okay, who wrote that? James. Okay, 
when did James write it? Uh, that's one of the earliest um, epistles that were written. He was writing during the offer of the kingdom to the nation of Israel. Who was he writing it to? He clearly says to the 12 tribes. He doesn't say to the body of Christ. He doesn't say to the church. He's writing to the 12 tribes of Israel. And what did they understand what was being said? What did the readers, the children of Israel, of the 12 tribes, understand James to be saying when he wrote that? So for us today to say, open your Bibles to James chapter 1 and verse number 1, and start interpreting anything that James is saying directly to the body of Christ is a misinterpretation. Why? You're going to end up with contradictions. James is going to contradict Paul with what he's talking about. So, again, the approved of God study to rightly divide the word of truth. Um, so the first thing that we looked at was they must see the Israel. They must the first thing you must do to see the church's Israel is to deny the precise fulfillment of prophecy given specifically to Israel. And again, 90% of the Bible is given over to the nation of Israel. So if you're going to read all these verses about what God's going to do with Israel one day, you're going to have to misinterpret that to be applicable to the body of Christ. And then the second thing we're going to deal with today is they must reject the significance of God's separation of Israel from the Gentiles. It was only to the nation of Israel that God gave the adoption. It was only to the nation of Israel that God gave the glory. It was only to the nation of Israel that God gave the covenants. And again, you know, we... We throw those words around today uh, as being applicable to the body of Christ. Um, it was only to the nation of Israel that God gave the law. Uh, we as the body of Christ, we as Gentiles, have never been under the law. It was, the law was not given to us. The covenants were not given to us. The adoption was not given to us. The service of God was not given to us. The promises that God gave to Israel were to them, not to us. Paul said in Romans chapter 9, verse number 3, For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. So he's obviously talking about fellow Jews. He's not talking about Gentiles who are Israelites. To whom pertaineth the adoption? They were the ones who were adopted. They were the ones that had the glory. They were the ones that received the covenants. They were the ones who received the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Um, Deuteronomy 23 and verse number 9. For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. And again, remember my premise here. They must reject the significance of God's separation of Israel from the Gentiles. He set the, 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 the Jewish nation apart from the Gentiles. 
In Deuteronomy 7, verse number 6, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. God has set the nation of Israel apart from the other nations. And it would also be through the nation of Israel specifically that God would bring salvation to the world. That was the plan. God was going to bring salvation to the world through the nation of Israel. Now, people will read that today, and I read it for many years, and say, he did bring salvation to the world through the Jews, and that Christ the Messiah was a Jew of the tribe of Judah. Therefore, salvation has been brought to the world through the nation of Israel. That's true, but that was not plan A. That was not plan A. God was going to use the nation itself to reach the Gentiles with salvation. And we see this in Isaiah chapter 46, verse number 13. I will bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. The Gentiles were going to be reached by the nation of Israel. And I'll build this. I'll build this. In Zechariah chapter 8, verse number 19, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month, and the fast of the fifth, and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth, shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore love the truth and peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities and the inhabitants of one city shall go <clears throat> to another saying, let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Yea, many people and strong nations. This is not talking about the, these these people and these strong nations are referring to Gentiles that will come to Jerusalem. And many people and strong nations shall come and seek the Lord of hosts where in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. God's original plan was to reach the world through the nation of Israel. The psalmist prophesies that he that hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. It was not God's plan that every Gentile become a member of Israel, physically or spiritually, but instead that they receive the salvation from the God of Israel. There's a difference. In, in Psalm 72, this entire psalm, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. 
He shall judge thy people with righteousness and thy poor with judgment. The mountain shall bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy. He shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish in the abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations will serve him. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, and the poor also, and him that hath no helper. He shall spare the poor and the needy. He shall save the souls of the needy. He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and precious shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also be made for him continually, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be a handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like the grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him, and all nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things, and blessed be his glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen. So again, after Israel's national salvation, was offered at Pentecost. They were to be ministers and priests of the Lord, taking salvation to the Gentiles. That was plan A. And understand, Christ came. He said, repent and be baptized for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He made a legitimate offer of a kingdom to the nation of Israel. And when they crucified him, that was not the rejection of the offer. And that's what 98% of the church teaches today, that when they crucified him, they rejected the kingdom. No, the kingdom could not be offered until after they had crucified him. The testator had to die, according to Hebrews chapter number 9, before the, the testament could be offered, before that new covenant could be offered to the nation of Israel. And that happened at Pentecost with Peter. Christ told him, I will give you the keys. Peter offered it to them, and they rejected it. So the rejection of the kingdom was not at the crucifixion. The rejection of the kingdom was at Pentecost and the years that followed. Now, had the nation of Israel accepted the offer of the kingdom as given by Peter and the twelve, 
they would have immediately rolled into Daniel's 70th week, the 70th week of Daniel, which we refer to as the tribulation period. It would have culminated with the second coming of Christ and the establishment of his throne upon earth, fulfilling the Abrahamic, the Davidic, all those promises that God made to the nation of Israel. And then they would have been his priests to reach the Gentiles. That was plan A. But they didn't. Therefore, God raised up the Apostle Paul. He postponed the the seven-year tribulation. He postponed the judgment that the nation so rightly deserved. And you and I are living in that postponement, which is called the age of grace. We are living in the age of grace now. We are in the postponement. But one day, that postponement is going to end. God is going to rapture out the body of Christ, which is made up of Jew and Gentile at this point, with only one gospel which is belief in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then God will once again turn his focus back to the nation of Israel. So again, we we have to rightly divide the word of God. We have to divide truth from truth. If, if, If we're arriving at a contradiction that we are going to have to spiritualize in order for it to not contradict. We're not rightly dividing the word of truth. To say that we become a part of Israel denies the very reason God separated them from among the nations. So the second thing they must do to see the church as Israel is to reject the significance of God's separation of Israel from the Gentiles. Next time we get together, we'll deal with the third thing that I, that they have to do uh, in order to see the church as Israel. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Remember that God loves you and wants best for you. He's working all things out for your good.